Welcome to Exploring Hyperspace Lanes. I am Adam. Josie is here. She has stepped away from the, uh, what's it called? From the, uh, the computer to do, I don't know what. Um, she did not say anything. She just walked away, um, but left everything running. So I figured I'd start the show while we wait for her to get back. Um, cause I thought it'd be funny. Um, but she's taking a lot longer than I thought she would. So it's a lot less funny than I thought. Um, oh, and now here she is. Oh, I think she's looking at a blanket. Um, so she's back now. She's getting situated. She is sitting back down and putting her headphones back on. So she'll be hearing it now. Hello. Welcome. You couldn't wait 30 seconds. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. I just I got up to get myself a water and grab a blanket. That was all I did. You didn't say anything, and I was talking, and I look up and go, like, oh, she's not there anymore. So I was like, this will be funny. Let me start it. <laughs> um, so, got him. Good job. Got me. Oh, so, my goodness. So um, before we start, um, I had a question for you um, about decorum in stores. What? Uh, what? Like, like, we always start with bullshit before we get into it. We do this every week. We start with bullshit before we get into it. So, um, I had another topic of conversation beforehand, but I forgot what it was. So I figured we'd start with this one because this happened to me in CVS the other day. And I wanted to know if, if this was, um, your, do you get your prescriptions at CVS when you get prescriptions? Is that your pharmacy of choice? Currently, yeah. Okay. So when you go to the pharmacy, so how long do you have one to that's wait? that's closest to my work right, right now. For okay. prescriptions? Yeah. How long do you have to wait what? for the prescription? What do you... I mean, from the time you walk into the uh... building, like, you're, you're, like your prescription is ready, okay? From the time you walk into the building... I usually get it, like, the day after I'm supposed to, so it takes me, like, two seconds. Okay. Like, it's been done for 24 hours. So, so my grandma has been... It's a me problem. That, okay, that's not, that's not your fault. That's, that's fine. My my point is, my grandmother's been living out here for a few weeks now, um, so I've been going and picking up her prescriptions on the way home from work from CVS. Um, no joke, on Monday when I was in there, a half hour from the time I stepped into the building to the time I was given her prescription in my hand by the pharmacist, or pharmacy tech. Because there's a line okay. of, like, nine people. Did you have her, a written pre- no. prescription? No. The you... prescription was there. It was ready. It was paid for. Everything was set up. So I had to walk in, get to the counter. Hi, I'm here to pick up my prescription for her name. And then they give me the prescription. That should be the entire transaction. You verify the birth date. You do whatever you need to do. That should be the entire transaction. It took a half hour because they have a line of 10 people. I counted 10 people in line, one register open, five people milling around back there filling prescriptions. And I'm like, why can't okay. you send one person to the register to to check people out? Well, because what that's not the, their job. And they're not oh. the same people. Bullshit. I worked at Walgreens for years. That's bullshit. Everyone is trained on the oh, register. Okay. I worked Even at Walgreens. Up, up there, like to, to you you used to check people out for their uh Oh yeah, a hundred percent. For their their meds? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was a supervisor, so I was able to go back in the pharmacy. There were cross-trained people on the floor who could also do that. But what I'm saying is, in the pharmacy, 
the pharmacist could get up and go and 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 check people out to get rid of the line. Like the pharmacist is well within her power to do that. The um, you know, the the pharmacy techs who are filling scripts can also do that. Like it, it is a, a a open proposition where anyone can just go over to a register and do it. It's not rocket science. If you're back there filling, you can do that. Oh, uh, oh okay. So I don't know. It doesn't take me very very long, but I also don't go to a very busy one. And I go at random times during the day because I have a weird schedule. And and the other thing that kind of annoyed me was this guy was there. He he brought in, he did what you said and brought in his prescription to get it filled. So he brought in the paper prescription or whatever. So he's sitting there waiting. And this guy is obviously in withdrawal for some kind of opioid. Um, because this is mm -hmm. the most agitated person I've ever seen on the planet waiting for a prescription. Because he is like five minutes and he's like, Come on, come on. And then it's like it gets to like the end toward mm -hmm. the twenty minute mark. He's like, Come the fuck on. What's taking so long? And I'm like, dude, like, calm the fuck down. Like and, and it's like that like if it's a like if it's anything else. Did besides, you tell him that? No, I didn't, because I'm I'm a giant pussy. We've been over this. We've talked about this. At, like I don't <laughs> in horror movies, I don't confront people in, in public situations. We know this already. But I'm sitting there in this line. And I'm I'm not gonna get especially someone who's visibly going through a withdrawal, and I'm like I'm not gonna get involved in this situation. And the reason why I knew it was an opioid or was some kind of controlled substance was he had to show his ID, and you don't have to do that if it's not you know if it's not controlled substance. Uh, schedule or what's a schedule two? I think it's called or a schedule one or some bullshit like that. But he you know they had to check his ID when when he was buying it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, can we just move this the fuck along? Like because it's like the thing is too, it's not only for that. But this guy's getting visibly annoyed that he's sitting here. And I'm like, if if not for me, who has better uses of their time than standing in this fucking internal line, like I'm standing in some kind of hell, like if not for me, then for the guy who's getting visibly angry and like annoyed to the point where he's like, you know, like tapping his hand on the desk and like, you know, moving around a lot. It's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, diffuse the situation or don't send the woman who weighs like 90 pounds soaking wet to handle this guy. If that's the case, maybe the six foot five guy who's back there can go and handle the guy. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but like I felt bad for this poor girl who had to ring this guy up because this guy was getting visibly annoyed and agitated as she was asking the questions to verify his identity. Like I'm just like, mm -hmm. like, like send the other guy to do it. Like that's fucked up. Um, but that was the other thing is like, have you gotten that annoyed? In, have you ever gotten annoyed in the store to the point where you walked out? Waiting in a line. All the time. Because it's happened to me a few times in the last week, and I'm like, maybe I'm just getting old. No, all the time. If things take too long. Well, I usually have places to be, too. So, like, if, if something's taking too long, I now, you know, if and I'm waiting in line, I've waited in line up to the minute that I could... I then have to abandon my things and leave. Ah, uh, so because I had that happen when, um, when me and Peter were recording the, um, the year in review, I went to. Or I'll straight up walk into a store, see what the lines are like, and then I won't go, and then I won't buy anything, and I'll leave because there's no way I'm going to wait in that checkout line. See, I've done the opposite, where it's like I went into Fye once to to browse, not buy anything. I was just looking to see if they had anything good. Um, and I'm in the store, I'm looking around. And the manager caught someone shoplifting and chased them down out of the store. 
So at that point, I'm like, fuck. Now I can't just look around and leave. Now I gotta buy something. Like, so I ended up buying a copy of Breakfast at Tiffany's for five bucks. But like, oh, yeah. So I've had the opposite. But like, I went to when we were recording the um the year in review episode. I um I went to Marshalls beforehand because I was looking for a new bag because I'm I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start going to the gym. Um, because I think we talked about this last week where it's like we were taking pictures at Christmas. I'm like, oh, what's that giant wall behind my grandmother? And it's like, oh no, that's just my stomach. So I'm gonna start going to a gym. Uh, so I went to buy a gym bag and they didn't have one, but they did have a really cool Star Wars light. Um, which shows my 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 thought process on the whole situation. And I it was on clearance because of the Christmas thing. And I bring it up to uh, get on the line, and I stand on the line for ten minutes. It does not budge. And I'm just like fuck it, so I left. And then the same thing happened at Best Buy. Uh, two weeks ago, I think I told the story where I go into Best Buy to pick up a game, SpongeBob the Cosmic Shake, because you know I was covering it for Beware of Spoilers. And I go in, and what happened was my brother got the game early because of a fuck up at the shipping wherever they shipped it from. Um, so he got the game early on accident. But I saw that he got it, and I was like, oh, shit, the game came out already. Because I can't be responsible for remembering all the release dates. Especially when a game comes out on a fucking Tuesday instead of on a Friday like it's supposed to. So I go to Best Buy. They have it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, So I pick up the game. I go to the register. There are three people in front of me. Three people behind me. I'm in the middle of this clusterfuck. Um, no one at the registers. One guy working the pickup counter. Um... And there's four people hovered around acting as security at the, what's it called? At the security desk. You know how at Best Buy they have a security desk up, up by the front door where they check your receipt and they have all the cameras and you have these guys who are like the least intimidating people on the planet. So it's like, it's security at a Best Buy. So it's just the most intimidating people who work at a Best Buy. Um, and you look at these people and it's like, I can take this guy in a fight. And it's like, I, I'm not a fighter. Like if worse came to worse, I can, I can probably punch this guy out. Anyway, these 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 <laughs> lemmings are all standing around the, standing around this thing, and I was like, "Can like can someone open a fucking register?" Like I like this is what baffles me with this whole thing with the shoplifting and all that bullshit. Where it's like they invested so much in secure in security, but no one's working a register, so you can't get out of these buildings anymore. So you're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and it's like, can just someone open a fucking register? So I do finally get to the register with my game. After about 20 minutes. And the thing was, I'm standing there waiting for this fucking You're game. You're I'm sorry. <laughs> and I get to the register. And the guy takes it out of the, the alpha case. Because they put them in alpha case so no one can steal them. Which, again, the alpha case is a waste of money and time. Because if I want to steal it, all it's going to do is tell you that I'm stealing it as I'm walking out the door. Because I'm going to get home and take a hammer to it and be fine. Um, because it's a, it's a fucking piece of plastic. So I, I get up there. He takes it out of the case. And he scans it. And I have a card at Best Buy, like the, the Best Buy rewards card. And he goes, oh, no, we don't scan those anymore. You just put your phone number in. So like, well, right, whatever. So he scans the game and then he goes, let me call a manager over. And I'm like, it's not rated M where you have to ask for ID. And you're sitting here like, do I ID this guy who is visibly over 17? And it's like, maybe it's the opposite where it's like he thinks I'm some kind of weirdo because I'm buying this game. And I'm like, whatever. So he calls the manager over <laughs> and the manager's like, it's, he goes, it says pre-order. And the manager's like, oh, I can't sell it to you. The game's not available yet. And I go, you better get someone the fuck back there then because you got 30 copies on the shelf 
all in alpha cases, which means that you guys fucked up on two fronts because your security fuckheads put them in, in alpha cases and put them on the shelf and someone unpacked them and put them out there. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, yeah. Did you say that? I said you might want to get back someone back there and get these cleaned up then because someone put them out <laughs> when they shouldn't be. I did say that. I don't curse at people. Yeah, I do. You, you don't curse at people? No, they're just doing their job. I got cursed out so many times working retail that I will not curse out a retail worker. You know, it's a little different. It's a little different up here. Like, that's just how people talk to each other. I live in New York. You think people aren't aggressive here? Like, the No, fuck? I don't think it's an aggressive thing. It's a lack of... um. Inhibitions regarding cursing in public? No. No. A vocabulary. Oh, uh, okay. A lack of vocabulary? Yes. Okay. Um, but no, I, I, I don't curse people out um, because we're And it's how you, like, be friendly to people. And, and the other cool. thing is, too, I know because I used to do to people, if you get aggressive, I will make your life miserable for the duration of the transaction. I will go out of my way to make your life harder for the duration. Because, like, one of the things is we used to have the photo department, and if someone came in and they were a bitch to me previously... I would uh, not let them put their photos through um, if they were doing school pictures or like vacation oh. pictures. Because like, you know how it's like when they get the professional school pictures done, um, it's like technically you're not supposed to get it copied at like Walmart or at a store or something like that. Because like you have to order it through the thing. And it's like there's a policy at the store. We will not do these. And if you're nice to me or anything like that, I wouldn't I would pay it no mind. But if you were an asshole previously, I would let you sit there and do it the whole time and take the hour to put the order in. And then once they're printed, I would be like, sorry, we can't do it. And I would throw it in the destroy box in front of them. Hmm. That's the most aggressive I will get with people. And even that's passive aggressive at best. So I anyway, throw people out of my store. Were they like, I've, I've done that a few times. Um, we had the, the, the guy who came in and he, um, the, the homeless man whose life I saved. Which sounds a lot nicer than I called the police to have a homeless man removed from the store. Um, he was visibly in alcohol poisoning and he had shattered his ankle in like six places. And he decided to just camp out in the pharmacy area. So uh, he said, look, I'm not leaving. So you're going to call the police to have me removed if you really want to do that. And I'm like, I really don't because nothing's ever fast. So like, can you just leave? And so we called the police and then they came and they took him out. And it's like the guy was like in the early stages of like alcohol poisoning from having drank so much. And it was to the point where at some point mm -hmm. he had fallen and his ankle ballooned up like this. Like it was like this, his ankle. And it's like the guy wasn't a fat guy. So like, you know, we, you know, he went to the hospital. So when we tell the story, we said he, we saved his life because um, it sounds better. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, on to today's topic at hand. We're going to talk about uh, The Empire Strikes Back, which Josie informed me today that she thought we were talking about A New Hope, um, which begged the question, we talked about it four weeks ago, why did you think that was what we were talking about today? Um, which you make one slip up for like two seconds. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, never mind. I thought you, you get shit on I... for the rest of your life. It's in, fine. Whatever. In fairness, in fairness to me, I thought that you meant that you went and rewatched A New Hope again. And I was no. like, why the fuck? Okay, I thought, because you didn't correct yourself. I was like, oh, I thought that she went and watched the movie again. And I was like, 
what the fuck? No. Um, no. So, <laughs> I, so as with the last time, I have notes. I just um, moved on. You corrected me and I went, ah, that. And then I moved on. Oh, okay. So I, I thought you were like, oh, shit, I watched the wrong movie. No. So you make you make one second. Don't make me don't Oh, you're doing your your impression of fucking Arlo Guthrie in um uh Alice's restaurant. Anyway, um so episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, directed by Irving Kirshner, who directed Never Say It Never Again, the James Bond movie, and Robocop 2. Uh it was written by Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan. Uh we have a little bit more on Lee Brackett a little bit later, but they had to really fight to get her on the get her the writing credit on this. Um, because she wrote the first draft and then died um between the first and second draft. Um the movie was the same as uh A New Hope, 121 minutes. This movie came out on May 21st, 1980. It had a budget of 30.5 million, which was uh over double the budget of A New Hope. Um, but it did make less than A New Hope. It made uh $549 million. Um, so a little bit of the history regarding the various drafts. Uh, Lee Brackett's draft was the first one. It inclu- well, what happened was Lucas made an outline for it. Um, they had tossed out Splinter of the Mind's Eye entirely because they were like, look, we're not going to cover Splinter of the Mind's Eye. You know, we have the money now to do a real sequel. We're not going to do a, a low-budget version of this. Um, we're going to do this. And then they had re-signed Harrison Ford, so they didn't need to worry about writing him off. So... Uh, Lucas gives an outline to Lee Brackett, who writes the first draft, and he didn't want to do the writing or the directing because of the amount of work that went into doing it the first time, and it was very detrimental to his physical health. Um, the physical stress that his body went under making this movie um, was not good for him. So Brackett's draft introduced Cloud City and the asteroid belt chase and the battle on Hoth um, and the fight between Luke and Vader in um, in Cloud City. It did have a few key differences because Lucas omitted key information from Brackett when she wrote this, uh, namely that there was a larger focus on the love triangle between Luke, Han, and Leia. There are force ghosts of Obi-Wan and Luke's father in the movie, um, who is Anakin Skywalker, but he is not Darth Vader. Um, Luke also has a twin sister in the movie that isn't Leia. Han goes out to try and get help from his powerful stepfather. And Lando is not a standalone kind of smuggler guy. He is a clone left over from the Clone Wars. Uh, do you have any thoughts on any of that before we move on to the second draft? Um, I guess. Nothing to add yet. Okay, so now on to the second draft, which, oh, I can't, I keep forgetting, I can't hit minimize, I have to hit the fucking button over here. Um, so then Brackett died. Um, after submitting it, and Lucas attempted to submit notes to her, but he couldn't get through because she was on her deathbed in the hospital. She died of cancer shortly after. Um, so Lucas wrote the second draft himself. His draft established quite a few things. Number one, um, that he had a twin sister who was following a similar story arc, namely that she was also shipped off to another planet, um, but was being trained by another Jedi Master um, on her own. Uh, it established Vader's castle on Mustafar and his fear of the Emperor, which is not quite as clear in in the theatrical, I would say. Like I like the scene with Vader and um and the Emperor, you don't get the sense that Vader's afraid of the Emperor, do you? Or am I mis- misreading that? No. You're not misreading it. I agree. 
Okay. Um, it establishes Yoda's speech patterns, and it also established uh, Boba Fett as a character who originated as a super storm trooper who would be working for the Empire, but that would later change. It also established power levels in control of the Force, where there are people who are innately more powerful than others. Um, his draft also included, and this is a point of uh, contention, this first draft was handwritten. The handwritten draft includes Vader being Luke's father. When he typed up the script, he omitted that from it. Um, and it, it is the famous thing where it's, the script says, um, Obi-Wan told me um, told me enough. He told me you killed him. And I forgot what the... Oh, no, it's the, the draft says, Obi-Wan told your father, not me. Um, but it was changed to, no, I am your father. Um, then following the success of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Lawrence Kasdan was brought in to tighten up the script. Um, which, you know, brings it to where we know it today. Um, much like modern Star Wars movies, it was continually reshot until March, considering the movie came out in May. Um, and people gave a lot of shit to, like, The Force Awakens and Rogue One and, and all of that for reshoots. It, this just shows that this has been happening since the beginning with Star Wars, where it's like, People can't make up their mind about whether or not they like it um, in that time. And then they reshoot scenes, add shit, cut shit out, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, response was mixed with fans mm -hmm. at the time, with a lot of fans criticizing the tonal shift between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, now, this movie has the least amount of differences between the uh, theatrical and the standard edition. Um, there are some CGI elements added for um, for fights, to augment the experience, but the biggest two differences are uh, Elaine Baker, who played the Emperor, is replaced with Ian McDermott, who ended up playing the Emperor in Revenge uh, in all of the rest of the movies, and Jason Wingreen, who originally voiced Boba Fett, had his voice cut out and was replaced with Tamora Morrison, who played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, and then also voiced the clones from there on out. Um... It's the first Star Wars movie to be adapted as a video game, originally on the Atari 2600, and then also brought to the NES, SNES, and Game Boy. And like the first one, there was also a radio play version for NPR that had a few key scene differences. Um, number one, and a lot of it comes down to expanding the roles of the various Imperial officers. Um, Commander Nita begs for his life um, instead of just taking it like a man. Um where he he watched Oswald die, knew he was going to die, and then begged Vader for his life. That was cut out, or that was changed for the radio play. That was not in the movie. And then um, they expand more on Admiral Piet and Admiral Oswald's relationship and creates it more like a rivalry. And this is more, I think, for dramatic effect. Um, Luke audibly announces his plan to jump rather than join Vader instead of just him falling like he does in the movie. That's probably because there's no good way to articulate that in a radio play, so it needed to be changed. Um, so, do you have any thoughts on any of that? In... No. So, was this your... Now, you watched it again, right? You watched it again for this? I didn't get the chance to. Okay. Well, you didn't miss too many differences. The only I'm differences sorry. are... are The only differences are, are acting performances from two of the actors. So, you, you have never seen the... The special editions of these. We went no. over this when we talked about uh, A New Hope. No. Um, when we do Return of the Jedi, I do need you to watch mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi, the I special will. edition, because 
There is something in there. So, oh, that's like a month from now. That is so egregiously Okay. terrible what they add in that it's going to, it's Mm one hmm of the things that's going to change your mind about uh, the prequels a little bit. And I'll explain why when we get to that. Okay. Um, it's, it is, do you remember the crackhead guy from the Honeycombs commercial? Like the the crackhead guy who Sure. who won the Honeycombs? You don't remember? It No. sounds like you don't remember that. You really don't remember that? No. It was like this weird little guy. He had like, it was like a ball of fudge with like a face on the front and he had arms sticking out of the side and just two legs, no body. And he would Okay. just yell, me want honeycomb. Yeah, it's like that guy's father is in the movie and sings a very long song. Um, No, completely I have no idea un... what you're talking Yeah, completely. about. You'll see what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, but you didn't miss too much different in this. Now, um, I will say I'm of two minds when it comes to this movie. Well, why don't you give your thoughts first on, on Empire Strikes Back? Mm -hmm. What are my thoughts? Yes. <laughs> Um, I like it. Um, I think we have some really great moments in it. Um, there's two, uh, scenes or line exchanges that are just absolutely epic. And, um, they're ones that like just about everybody can quote. I mean, there's, I am your father when Vader says it. And then there's, um, when, when, um, Han gets frozen in carbonite and he goes and, and and Leia goes, I love you. And he says, I know. And then he gets frozen. Um, there's those He two. doesn't say it quite so enthusiastically, Top. though. No, It's he a lot says, more deadpan. I know. Yeah, And he very uh, deadpan. that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it enthusiastic. Oh You my did say goodness. it enthusiastically the first Um time. Sure. Um. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then he gets frozen in carbonite and it's just, it's, they're pretty epic. They're in the, like, I don't know, just everybody knows them because Yeah, I... they were just so good. I think this is the best I think of the they're Star Wars up there movies. with like people trying to snap people. Like everybody knows about the snap and everybody knows about, I am your father. Like it's right there I, I, I would go with so that far as to and say the this iconicness is not... of it. I would say this is not just the best Star Wars movie. I would say it's definitely in the conversation of one of the best sequels of all time. I agree. Um, I would say that this is, you know, I agree like, I think it's, it's one of the things where it I was can see something the, where it was like how could it get any better oh my god it gets better it's like, I can see the argument for A New Hope being a better, like, being a more enjoyable experience to watch all the way through because this movie does have <laughs> the middle, which can be a slog to get through. I mm love hmm this movie, but, like, from the time they leave Hoth to the time they get to Cloud City, it's kind of, it, it's a little bit meandering, which I, I totally understand that criticism. Isn't that when Luke is in the, In Dagobah, and, and they're wandering around the asteroid yeah, field. those Like, are some of the best, those, those are some of the best scenes of, of Oh no, Luke I in, I in, I on agree. Dagobah I with, that's that's the criticism people give is that it's a little meandering in the middle, which is like, all right, I can see that, but it's it's still it's more of a character building point for for uh, for Luke and for everyone else. Because mm-hmm. like without that, you don't get to the end and and have the end be as impactful as it is. Um, also worth shouting out, this movie has. a lot of the best cinematography in Star Wars. Like when we think about Star Wars, we think about Mm-hmm. iconic shots. And I think 
the most iconic shot in Star Wars. Maybe I'm wrong. Feel free to correct me. Uh, it's going to be the icon for this episode. Um, it is Vader and Luke facing down with their lightsabers right when they're about to fight. And it's in shadows and you, you just see their shadows lit by the, uh, by the lightsabers. Like, man, let me bring up the picture. I have it saved on my computer. Cause I'm going to use it as the icon. Uh, I'll screen share it to you so you can see what I'm talking about because I feel like I'm not doing it justice to you. Um, downloads. That is the picture of Michael Douglas that I'm using for the Ant-Man episode, which I don't think you found funny when I sent it to you. Um, share screen. And then we will share this. Look at the screen now. That one. That shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that is one of the most iconic shots from uh, from Star Wars, period. And, and, and I know I this is going to be a topic of debate when we get to it. Um, and I'm looking forward to that debate. Because I feel this is going to be another, like, if you listen to the Ant-Man episode we just did, we are of two different minds on Ant-Man. I think we're going to get to The Last Jedi and be in a very similar situation um, where, we're, where we're of two very different points of view on that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I did really, I do really like The Last Jedi. It, does, it has its moments where it's not great and there are things that don't work in the movie, but I do really like a lot of the movie. I think a lot of the movie does work. Uh, I have a feeling that you disagree on that. Um, I guess we'll get there when we get there. We will, yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll get there when we get there, but that's... Heck yeah. I I listened to a podcast where I talked about the last year, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be a fun one when we talk about that. Um, But yeah, I think that this movie all around has some of the, like, some of the most iconic imagery out of Star Wars comes from this movie, even more so than the original. Like, all that stuff on Cloud City, like them opening, and and this is something that I always always think about, like, when when they went to visit you know, Lando, and he's like, I've just made a deal that will keep the Empire out of Cloud City forever. And he opens the door, and there's Vader sitting there. Um, That room has food there. And, like, it's ready to be eaten. So the question is, that I have, and I don't think anyone's ever answered this, is did they just sit there in silence with Vader in the room and eat? Or did they go somewhere else and not eat? And if so... Did Vader try to make conversation? What? what? So that you know, you know the scene I'm talking about, where it's like when they're introduced to Vader on on Cloud City, and he's in that room. There's a table in front of them. That table, it's like okay. we're gonna, they're going in there. There's food on that table. Like okay, so they went out of their way to cater that room and make it all ready. So did they throw all that food out and not eat? Or did they eat? And if they did eat with Vader there and Boba Fett there, was there conversation to be had? Was there small talk made between no. between them? Um, I would like to know this. I feel like these are the answers that people demand. Um, and I feel like this is, you know, if there is a problem with this movie, that's it. Is that we don't know what happened in that room. What? I'm, I'm, it's, it's a joke. It's this a is joke. only a problem for you. Nobody it's, it's else bit. cares. It's a bit. No, it's... is. Oh. I understand you're taking it seriously. It's a bad bit. It's a confusing but... bit. I'm supposed oh, to take oh. it seriously. Only if you're not only if you're not paying attention. 
Anyway. I'm supposed to take it seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I do like how I have the virtual background going, and I keep going in and out like the Cheshire Cat. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Um, I have. I also noticed that you're not in the Death Star or on the Millennium Falcon, and I'm disappointed today. Oh, yeah, I just picked one at random when I was getting ready, because it, it changed on me without telling me. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, so do you have any other thoughts that you want to say on this beyond? It's a, it's a great movie. Um, but watch it. <laughs> <laughs> How did we have more to say about a movie you hated than, than a movie that you really I don't like? Know. This is just a. I... There you go. You're happy. I think there's there's really yeah that's better. Um, there's only so much like to say. I mean, there's so so many. To me, it's solid. It's one that will always like have my heart. It, I mean, we see Yoda in it, and that's awesome. And then, um, we have those iconic lines like this movie. I think this is the movie that people think of when they think of Star Wars and the first. I just I do too. I think that like that's this the thing is, is the that movie. the because it's like there's no wandering around the desert for forty minutes, like because it takes mm-hmm. forty minutes for anything to fucking happen in in a new hope, and it's like can we get to move this along? Like I don't need to, I don't need to watch a slow shot of two very slow moving droids wandering, mm-hmm. one waddling, mm-hmm. one rolling around, at, like with no sense of urgency. Um, it doesn't have like I think that this moment this movie um works well without you know the comedic aspect it does have some funny moments and like i do really like the relationship between um lando and han i think everything about it is very very clearly laid out within about 10 minutes of total screen time between the two of them like i i think that that works very well for the movie too um what else was there um i feel like i'm blanking on that and i feel like we're really failing the movie a little bit by not talking about it more. But the problem is, it's like, I, I, I have this problem on Beware of Spoilers, where if a movie is really good, I don't it's know only, what to say, because I, right. I default Except to for, criti- gosh, it's good. Like I default to criticism. Oh. Like, I, I default to criticism, and I don't have anything to criticize. <clears throat> like, for me, this movie is up there with, like, The Godfather Part 2, or, um, like, you know, I can't even think of other really good sequels, like X-Men 2, Spider-Man 2, um, this is up there. I mean, this is, it's not as good as The Godfather Part 2, but it is, it is definitely a solid number two in terms of best sequels of all time. And I think that, like, it deserves in the conversation of best movie of all time. Because it just does everything the first Star Wars did and just blows it so far out of the water. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of narrative and tone and, and everything like that. Um, and I think it's too, that was also part of the conversation about why the, um, what's it called, why the movie, um, had the tonal criticism it did is that in 1980 uh, we were in a recession. Um, and what happened was it's like people were already down and, and not, and it's like if there's a new Star Wars movie coming, this is going to be great. This is going to, you know, it's going to be uplifting. It's going to be, you know, and it's just not. It's just the, it, it's so unique because it's just the rebels are just firing, uh, they're just throwing off the back foot from the, from, from minute one of this movie. They're mm-hmm. just completely outmatched by the Empire the entire way through. And um, for it to get to the end and for it to be, like, even for the smallest amount of hope. And I think that that, again, going to The Last Jedi, that's one of the failings of The Last Jedi. 
is that they tried to do the same thing where it's like, we're going to try and have it be where the rebels are just kind of the entire way through outmatched, but it just doesn't work nearly as well. Like the final beat at the end of that movie doesn't work as well as the final beat at the end of this movie where it's like, look, Luke lost a hand. He had his entire world turned upside down. And what he thought was the truth was, you know, was, was told to be a lot. And the thing is, too, it's like we talk about what he thought was the mm-hmm. truth. It's like what he thought was the truth for about three years. Because up until that point, his his aunt and uncle told him that his, his father was a drug runner. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. It's like he was a spice runner. It's like now knowing what spice is, it's like, oh, that's not a great way to like why yeah. is that better than saying he was a Jedi that got killed? Like, I I don't understand that thought process. Like, and and the point of it is, it, it, and again, it is a rewrite on the fly after the fact, where it's like Spice in that movie in 1977 is meant to be a reference to Dune, where to it's what? like to Dune. Oh, okay. Because like the majority, I think we talked about this when we talked about um. A New Hope, but everything about Tatooine is meant to be an homage to Arrakis from Dune, where it's like the oh, okay. the whole idea that, you know, um, it's a desert planet where, you know, that's where the hero comes from and all, and, you know, there's a giant sandworm skeleton, all that kind of stuff. It's meant to be an homage to Dune. Um, the, the, the key difference is Spice, as it was defined in Dune, is Spice was kind of the key for space travel. And for inter and for um for intergalactic travel, um and that's what made Arrakis so important. So to say he was a spice runner, it makes it at that point it sounds more important. They later retconned what spice was to be a drug, um after the fact. So it's like so that they just said Anakin was a drug runner. All right, I guess like that's that's a choice. Um, but again, I don't think that's Lucas. I think that's more you know them making a decision on the fly and not really thinking it through. Um, after the fact, without thinking about the implications, um, but yeah, I think that like the everything going on with the um, what's it called um, with this movie just works so well. I, I mean, I think the asteroid belt bits go on a little too long. That's my only complaint, and I think the the urgent need to escape the 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 worm creature living in the asteroid. I think that could also be omitted, and I think that would be a benefit to the movie. Nope. I like it. I think it's just about perfect. I like hmm. it all. Don't oh, no, I'm not saying... Movie. I, I'm like, my problem, I'm just looking for something <laughs> to criticize. I don't have anything to talk about. I'm not criticizing shit. You don't need to. I we know. can have, have something it's where a, we just a, agree. It's a problem it is, I'm dealing it's with. It's great. It's a problem I'm dealing yeah. with. It's, it, you know, it's a so me with problem. That, with that said, and we like we like it, we both like it. Yes. Um, who I think is this is n- your number one favorite? Who is your favorite Star Wars character? Period. Hmm. But with a question mark. Um. I I have a feeling this is an unpopular choice, but I'm going to make the choice anyway. Because oh my god, you're gonna say Jar Jar? No. Um, Star Killer from The Force Unleashed. I have left Star you speechless. Killer. He's the main character from The Force Unleashed. I don't know who that is. He is a kid 
He is the son of a Jedi who was hiding out on Kashyyyk. Vader takes him in and raises him to be his apprentice. Oh. And to be a Jedi a hunter. He later switches sides and helps found the rebellion. Hmm. And goes on to have many adventures in his own right. Um, okay. Including they try to clone him on Kamino and all of that. And he's got really sick ass alternate timelines where all the DLC they do in, in uh, The Force Unleashed is him uh, oh, going... Oh, Starkiller. Yeah, yeah, that is a cool character. Yeah. Um, I The, the books that he's in... Um... The Force Unleashed oh, 1 and 2? Yes, they're great. Yeah, yes, that's the that is a on. very cool... Oh, gosh. Okay, so we're not... We're, you're, like, all over the place with it. <sighs> what were you looking for, like, from so the movies? I... If it's movies, it's Mace Windu. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's one thing um... I love about that. It's that everyone's doing British accents in those movies, except for Sam Jackson, who I guess can't do one. So he's just talking in a really weird cadence. Mm-hmm. Like, go back and watch that movie and be like, oh, shit, he's trying to do a British accent, but can't. So he's just talking in a similar cadence, and it's just really funny. Hmm. And I have a funny and I have a funny story with that, too, if you want if you want to hear it from my childhood about a fight on a school bus that happened over not with me, a fight I witnessed on a school bus between two people over uh, over base window. A certain six letter F word was thrown around okay. a lot, too, as part of this. So, um, okay. this kid was obsessed with Boba and Jango Fett. Like, obsessed to an unhealthy degree with these two characters. So, he saw that Jango Fett was going to be an attack of the clones, and he would not shut the fuck up about this for weeks leading up to it. Keeping in mind, we were in second grade when this movie came out. That is how formative a memory this kid not shutting the fuck up was for me that I remember it 25 years later. Okay. 20 years later. Um, so, so this kid will not shut the fuck up about Django Fett. He sees the movie as we all did. Django Fett gets killed by Mace Windu. From that moment on, Mace Windu was my favorite character because this kid had a meltdown of seismic proportions on the bus home from school about Mace Windu and how he had a purple lightsaber that he used a certain four-letter, uh, six-letter F-word that I will not say because it is not appropriate to say it anymore or never has been, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, and he, because he had that purple lightsaber, uh, it questioned his masculinity among other things. Um, and this kid had a full-on meltdown on the bus over this. And it's just a, a fond memory I have of watching this kid scream for 20 minutes until he got taken off the bus. Oh. It sounds a lot... It's a lot funnier in my memory. When I tell the story, it sounds a lot less funny. Yes, it is. Um, so, sure. yeah. So, what's your... Who's your favorite character from from the movies? Oof. Besides Ray, of course, because Ray okay, is obviously number one. Yeah, besides besides oh, Ray, is obviously number one. God. Who's number two? Um, sure. So, <laughs> so from the movies, yes. Any of the let's say um, nine, uh, eleven movies. Um, 
Oh, this is gonna be lame, but just Han. Oh, okay. Han or Chewie. Basic. But from the but from the 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 original three, not like old Han. Old Han's oh. fine, but See, and it's like I'm gonna end yeah. up going off. It's I, pretty basic. I brought up old Han. It's gonna bring up my least favorite part of fucking uh what was that movie? Of Rise of Skywalker. Have I told you my, my biggest problem with Rise of Skywalker? No, but I'm sure you will. Wow, that, that felt passive aggressive. So you know you know when the Disney <laughs> No, I didn't know if you wanted to save it for that. No, because it's, 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 it, 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 I'm going to bring it up there again, and I'm going to bring it up again multiple times. But like, you know, in the Disney canon, they changed the kyber crystals and why the kyber crystal was red for the Sith. Um, where it's like mm-hmm. it used to be there's a red kyber crystal. Now it's uh, the any kyber crystal turns red when you fuel the dark side through it, and it bleeds it and turns it red. Yeah, and that's stupid. Okay, now. Yeah. Let me rephrase something for you. So you remember that scene in The Rise of Skywalker where um, he sees the the vision of Han? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's his turning back to the light moment as he talks to Han and Han kind of forgives him. And it's the mm-hmm. I love you, I know, and all of that. Now, he takes the crossguard lightsaber and throws it into the ocean. And up until this point, we were told that his blade is all fucked up and kind of like distorted because he's conflicted and he's not 100% committed to the dark side, which is a cool aesthetic and a cool idea. It's to be red because it's synthetic. All right, well, whatever. But like... That's usually what makes them red is because they're they're synthetic. Okay, I'm just getting off on a tangent, but uh, Leia had a red lightsaber in the expanded universe. Was hers also synthetic or was hers natural? What? Leia in an expanded universe book had a red lightsaber. I think she had somebody else's. Okay, that that would make sense then. Right. Either way, so in, in the new canon, it's they bleed the lightsaber. Is that accurate? Because I don't know which one you're talking about. I don't remember the name of the book. But there was a book that had Luke training Leia to be a Jedi. Um, I don't remember the name of the book. We'll get to it when we get through the books, but. There's one, and she had a. I okay. remember they described it as a red lightsaber, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool, good guy with a red lightsaber." Um, and it's not like she turned evil in the book; she just had the red lightsaber. But I don't know if she had someone else's crystal or if she yeah. made her own or whatever. But so he has that lightsaber, and it's red, and it's you know, it's all fucked up because it's meant to represent how fucked up he is inside. Now, imagine this: instead of him taking it and throwing it into the ocean like a bitch, which he does, um. He ignites the lightsaber and it turns blue. Okay. And then you don't have to have, like, I feel like that's a better payoff for all this bullshit with what the difference with the Kyber crystals is uh, now. I feel like that's a better payoff, but whatever, they didn't do that. Um, How did we get off on this diatribe? I don't remember. I don't remember. But what now I can tell you my my random favorite. Like, yes, right from other stuff, not the. Uh, is it Kyle Katarn? No, I'll give you a couple guesses though. Okay, and I'll even point you in the right. Yeah, you got to give me a hint. Direction. You can't just say, you can't just say um, guess what my favorite Star Wars character is. I'll, I won't narrow it down out of the thirty thousand characters there it's are. It's a Jedi. Mara Jade. No. Okay. Um, it's an alien. 
creature, not human. Is it Old Republic or is it New Republic? Uh, New Republic? Well, like, what era is it? Is it close to the prequels, way before the prequels, after the prequels? Uh, way after the prequels. So, oh, so like New Jedi Order era. Yeah, like, um, uh, and it's from the, oh, no, now I'm about to, like, change my mind. Um, but no, uh, so. See, Mara Jade was my close second. It's from when, yeah, it's it's from that same kind of timeline, though, as Mara Jade. I don't know. You don't have to tell me, because I haven't read those books in a long time. She was, she was probably my close second as well. Okay, okay. Um, she was one of the people that trained Leia. You're gonna have to tell me. I don't remember any. I don't remember too much. As a of Jedi new... Master. Oh, you don't know? Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember too much of it's New Saba Jedi. Sabatine. Oh, okay. Yep, Saba Sabatine. She's just. Know. She's pretty cool. Um, she's just an absolute freaking badass and just wrecks shit. It's great. And she's got some good um, one-liners where she's like, all right, you know, just pick yourself up. She's, it, it feels like she's always telling Leia, like, pick yourself up, princess. Quit being a little bitch about it and just do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I, I haven't read those Even though Leia so is long. a tough girl. But, yeah. but like, yeah, Sava Sabatine makes her seem like a little, little pussy. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't read those books in a long time. But like, w remember when I asked you in the first episode if you could do any Star Wars movie? Like, you know, they come to you and it's like, Josie, we need you. You're our only hope. What Star Wars movie should we do next? And you said the Cad Bane or not the Cad yeah, the Darth Bane movie. Yeah. Um, I realized I never gave my answer. Oh, okay. Uh, Mara Jade. Just Marjade the movie, like what I part think, of her life? I think you could do, um, her, like the thing is at this point, it's so blown out of proportion. Like, everything is so blown out of where it was in the old canon. You'd have to basically rework it because everything's so different between Disney canon and, and the old canon. I would do Marjade as a Sith Inquisitor who breaks ranks and goes out on her own. And finds a Jedi Master in hiding who's closer to the dark side than the light. And trains with him for a little bit. And then interacts with Luke. Luke I would do it as a miniseries. Cool. I would do that as a miniseries. Um, yeah. yeah I, that would, I think that would work. Um, so we have time left. Because I have a timer on my thing. I'm keeping track of time. Um, did you catch up on the Bad Batch? What's our next episode? The next episode. I did. I have not watched the whole thing. Um, I think the next episode is the Bad Batch. To be honest, season one of the Bad Batch. Um, let me look. Okay. Yeah, season one of the Bad Batch is the next episode. Uh, the most recent two episodes are some of the strongest they've done of the entire run of the show. Because they put up two episodes last week. Um, and it's uh, it is. All right. So, did you watch season one or no? At all. Did you finish season one? I don't remember. Of what? The Bad Batch. Yeah. Okay. So you remember how they blew up Camino at the end? Sure, yeah. Okay. 
So this most recent episode is entirely about the the bureaucratic process of the cover-up of what happened on Camino and the Empire trying to get the Senate to approve of a conscripted army instead of a clone army. Um, it sounds boring when I put it that way, but it is so good. Uh, it is so well done. It's such an interesting episode. And, and it's like, you know, it's this one senator who cares about what happened to the clones. And it's like Bail Organa's there. And he's like, yeah, so let me make sure we understand this correctly. Like, Camino, where Topoca City has existed for thousands of years and is built to be completely submerged underwater for decades somehow gets hit with a storm so bad that it completely levels the entire city. And we're just supposed to believe that. Okay, sure. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. about like the, them trying to figure out, you know, trying to prove the empire did something. It's, 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 it's a great episode all around. I highly recommend you watch those two episodes. Anyone out there who hasn't watched it yet, which if you listen to the show, I would assume you've probably watched it already. Although that said, Josie has not watched it and she's on this show. So rather than have, watched what the most recent two episodes of the bad batch oh sorry i i, I feel like so at times i feel like at times um it's like i talk and you guys hear like wah 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 <laughs> Josie, and then you're like, what i wouldn't say that to your face <laughs> <laughs> so like, i'm talking and you're like and it's like and she hasn't and joe hasn't watched it yet watch what and it's like like I don't know. Sometimes I lose what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, what's he saying again? Yeah, we'll oh. get back to it at some point, and, we'll, and then we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but if I missed it, other people could have too. So yeah. you know, it's good to repeat it when I've already droned out. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you excited for Jedi Survivor? Jedi Survivor. The Where? new Fallen Order game. You know how it was Fallen Order uh, a few years back with the kid who played uh, Joker? I didn't and even Gotham? know there was a new game coming. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> I requested codes from EA sure. to review it. Uh -huh. So uh, we have not heard back yet. I'm not anticipating getting them. So on that note, okay. I, think, I think we'll close up there Thanks for, for today. Thanks for telling me what's not happening. Wow. <laughs> Okay. okay. We'll hey, wrap up that so what's today. A, what's a stormtrooper's hey, what's a stormtrooper's favorite store? Um I don't know what. The store next to Target. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Uh I'm thinking like is this thing with Thanks. white in the title? Um so over the next few nope. weeks, here is Wouldn't our upcoming you? here is our upcoming calendar. Let me bring that up real quick. So this week was Empire Strikes Back. Next week we have season one of the Bad Batch. The week after that, the week of March first, we have Dooku Jedi Lost. So, I know you uh, you do really like that book. I do like that book. I'm really excited for that. I think I'll be more excited for all the book <laughs> than you will for the movies. Episodes. Uh, and the next the video game or the the TV shows, yeah. The next video game is one that may be near to your heart. I'm I'm curious to hear if you have any experience with this. 
Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, the original, not the one that they put out last year, the original And Lego Star Wars game. we're getting a, a game? Is that what I heard? <laughs> You're breaking up. I It's said, hard to tell what you've said. I said the next game we're going to do is the original Lego Star Wars video game. Uh oh, okay. Did you ever play Yeah, that yeah, one? I've played some of that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the things You why that you ask I really me that after I answered? Oh, see you did it too. You're not paying attention. uh it's one of those things that uh really helped form my love of Star Wars. Um Did and it? then and then we're back with Mark fifteenth, we have Return of the Jedi, which my mom always refers Have you to ever as done Return any of the Jed. actual Lego? Oh yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. Oh. I have um what's it called? I bought the um the Oh, Star Wars sets? I don't think I did any of the Star Wars sets. I got my mom the Paris Skyline set. Um, and I got my grandmother the International Space Station. No, no, no. I, the first starts for the Star Wars. Oh, I had For, you did like any the... Star Wars Legos or bought any Star Wars Legos? I had, like, the Star Wars kids sets. Like, the, uh, what's it called? Like, the one, like, not the ones that are nice that you're meant for display now. Like, the, the ones that are, like, here's a place that to play around in. Like, I didn't have, like, the fucking Death Star that, um... That uh, Tom Holland has in the Spider-Man movies. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have those. Are expensive. They like the fucking They are Millennium expensive. That's Falcon literally is like the six hundred dollars. only reason I don't have one. Yeah, that Yeah. in space. Yeah. But the yeah, the Millennium Yeah. Falcon is an But. expensive one. Um, that's like six hundred. The Star Destroyer is like five hundred. And how the fuck? See, that's my that's my suspension of disbelief. With the Spider-Man movies, how the fuck did Tom Holland afford that that star set? That's four hundred dollars. Like, I, yeah, that one. I I don't think they realized that it was an expensive toy. it's They the just same thing look where at what a it's nerdy like is. it's like the end of uh like my biggest suspension of disbelief in all of those movies, any of the Spider-Man movies, is at the end of No Way Home when spoiler alert. He has, uh, he's been forgotten from everyone's memory. Has no high school diploma. Has nothing. but somehow can afford an apartment in Manhattan seven blocks away from Rockefeller Center in Midtown. I'm like, that apartment is going to go for three grand. How the fuck does this kid with no job afford this? They just let him have it. Yeah, I, like that was the thing where I'm like, and he has no references. Like, they're going to call for references before you rent a place like that. He's got no social security number because he doesn't exist. Like, There are a lot of questions that that movie does not answer. And that is one of them. That's the thing that it's like, I watched the end of that movie and I'm like, come the fuck on. How to, and the thing is too, it's not like See, it's. see that didn't pull me out of the experience. No, but Like, you had but the, the you. but the lady's purple hair the other day Yeah. See that. pulled me right out of it. See, and it's like, I, I think mine is more realistic or something to be confused about. Cause like, like, he, cause it's not even that Oh, they, they say, really? yeah. Cause it's not We just even live like, in different worlds, dude. <laughs> Because it's like, okay, she's the head of the CIA. I can approve of her having purple hair. I can understand that. But, like, my problem with this is No! it's not even like it's somewhat explained that maybe he went to college or something. He pulls out of his bag a GED book, like a GED test prep book, which means he didn't finish high school even. So what job is he getting that can afford that fucking apartment? He's a he, he uh, Tony Stark gave it to him. No, because Tony, Tony Stark is dead No. and no one knows who the fuck Peter Parker is. <laughs> well, I don't know.
I will say that Sundian does kick ass, though. I think um, that was something that only bothered you. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm not the only one. Um, and one final thing before and we I'm go, gonna, there's going to be like one other person out there in the world who, who was as like, bothered yes, by I the also agree. as I was. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, one final thing before we go: Have you watched The Last of Us? I've watched. I'm not. Uh, um, yes, I think I've watched all the episodes. Maybe I haven't seen the most recent, but the last one that I saw had um, Ron Swanson in it. Okay, there's one more episode that came out after it, and there's a new episode in about a half hour. Um, I thought it was cute, the Ron Swanson episode. I just think it was a little out of place. Like it was just kind of uh, like, okay. Are these saying. people going to be important for any reason? Oh, I see what you're no, okay. We're just you. watching. Right. Their, we're just going to watch a love story that doesn't fit in. Okay. Hmm. I think something fit in. They made that pretty explicit that something got fit in somewhere. And that's I. I just thought that it was an odd thing to throw in. Like, even if it was a heterosexual couple, it would. I think I would have felt the same way. Of like, <laughs> I, I why do I give a that, shit? I love that you put it that way. Like, I'm not taking your fucking bait that you're laying out there. Yes. Um, no, I think that the um, what's it called? I think that the. That I think I would have thought it was just as strange because it, I'd be like, why the fuck do I give a shit about these old people? I think the that's point all of I was thinking. Like. I think the point of it is like to, to show like there's a wider discussion to be had. We don't have time for this, but um, there's a wider discussion to be had about like it's a, it's telling the story that like it's it is designed to give Joel. And the thing is, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I know how the game ends, and I'm assuming the the show is probably going to end the same way. It is to get Joel where he needs to go by the end of this arc. They need to have him. Um, what's it called? They need to have him be, you know, see Ellie for being a person worth protecting, and they have to create shorthand for it to be like it is not a waste of your life to give up everything for one person. Um, and they need to do shorthand oh, to get him that to that. That point. was what I like. That's like seemed... when you when you get to the end yeah. and she's reading the letter and it's like. Um, use everything here. I will leave you everything in this house when you get here. You know, you can keep it all. It's all yours. Use it to protect Tess, but Tess is dead at that point. It's, you know, he, like, it is... And then the next episode really drives it home because the next episode is all about uh, him and Ellie bonding and becoming more than just, like, him moving out like a package hmm. from point A to point B. Um, okay. The next ep- I really like the next ep- the second, the fourth episode that you haven't seen yet. It's really good. Um, and I think Pedro Pascal okay. is killing it as Joel. I think he's he, it's Without such a great choice. Seen it? I do feel like it was just like a strange thing. I I agree. It is. Um, it's very good. He's great. I, I like Bill around. He's an excellent as, choice. Like, and she's doing a great job as as Ellie playing both the like and and uh, in the game she's not as aggressive, but in uh like her being that's this what I was wondering. Yeah, she's a lot more passive in the game. Like she's played. Like at like a younger fourteen, um, like this is an older fourteen that she's playing, and like someone who's more weathered by the wasteland. Um, I I think this is a better way to do this character, um, especially. Then the other thing is that this game that this this show has is it has the benefit of having fleshed out the characters in part two, so it's more informed by that. 
It's like when we talked about outbound flight compared to Thrawn Ascendancy. Um, Thrawn Ascendancy mm-hmm. feels more fleshed out and more layered because it it he got to treat outbound flight as a first draft for laying out the the Chiss Aristocra and all of that. It's it's the benefit of doing a rewrite, basically. Um and, and because part two takes Ellie and Joel's story so much further, it's able to use that and knowing where it goes to inform that first run. Hmm, okay. Um, but okay. yeah, we will wrap up there for today. Um, maybe you will come on after The Last of Us is over and we've seen all the episodes and we can talk about all of the episodes on um, Beware of Spoilers. Um, but that'll be in March. We got a ways away to go for that. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, we will wrap up there for today. Next week, we will be back with season one of The Bad Batch. Uh, And until then, have a great rest of your week. Bye.